Yo, what is going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of the PTCG Hotline. I'm your host, Jenks TCG, and today we got a very special guest. We got Joao Medeiros and Henry Brand joining us, the usual. Henry is back, and we're going to go ahead and talk about some Vivid Voltage, get some of the amazing deck builders' ideas going, ask him some questions, have him introduce himself, and we're going to go ahead and get right into it. We're going to go ahead and introduce okay. our co-host, Henry Brand. How are you doing tonight, my guy? Uh, I'm going good, Jenks. It's good to be back. Missed last week. And we're here with a special guest, uh, very special, good friend of ours, uh, Joao. How's it going? How's it going, guys? Joao here. I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Far. And that's it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing for three years. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Uh, now, you have a pretty, I guess, not unique, but interesting way that you like to approach decks, uh, building specifically, uh, namely the use of Judge Whistle that I think you got a lot of criticism for. Uh, <laughs> how do you kind of approach building decks in general? Because uh, obviously we work together on all of our decks, but yeah, yeah. tell the audience. Uh, I always like to building like straight aggressive decks or straight cons uh, consistent decks, like in whatever way. Like if I'm like going to play control, I would like to play like four like four acrobatics or four poke gears, four Jirachi, a lot of four off cards. Because uh mostly most tech cards are usually not that great in many scenarios. Like I, well, one of the best examples I have is people playing a uh, field blower in like 2018-2019 format. <laughs> That card was just so te terrible. Like it was so bad. Like the only card, the only card it's good against uh, field blower. No, field blower uh, destroy. Like it's skateboard. So mm. why, why you put like a field blower in your deck to get away field blower? It's just way too bad. And I just have to. I play useful cards, usually like Acrobike, it's a better example, <laughs> like you, uh, Jirachi, because you have to uh, get card advantage in a lot of scenarios. Uh, yeah. And Judge Whistle, it's another example. You have, you want to find Welder and Greens in like, in Greensard that I play in So why I do want to play other cards that not help me find those cards. Makes sense. Makes pretty good sense. Uh, now, you, you said, you told me that you used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! before. Do you think that's influenced how you build decks? Yeah, a lot, actually. Because <laughs> <clears throat> Yu-Gi-Oh! You have to play, like, more... Like, 40 cards is the minimum in Yu-Gi-Oh! And I usually play 37 cards because that's... Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! have one card that it's named Upstart Goblin. It's allowed to draw one card and your opponent's got um, 1,000 life points. Uh, but it's really good because you increase like 5% of consistency of your, of your deck. And, and this means you are not drawing bad cards like Field Blower. So uh, it's better to have useful cards in most scenarios that and then in good in a very specific scenario. So I always want to 
play those type of cards. Yeah. Well, I think overall that makes a fair bit of sense. And I know I've been exposed to this plenty, but I hope people in chat uh, like, I guess, the way that you build decks or at least can apply it to some of theirs. So, so a key takeaway for anyone in chat is you want to play or Joao, the Joao method is if you're going to build your deck, make sure your cards are useful in every scenario and not tech cards like Field Blower that suck in all scenarios that are not the one that you need them for. So that's the Joao theory. Consistency is key. It's a classic. It works. And uh, he's taken down a few special events with that theory. Judge Whistle being the most controversial card I think that Joao has ever played. Uh, and I think I think yeah. when, when you, and I don't remember who you're, who the other person was played the Picaram with like Quadrachi right before Origins in the uh, International. People thought that that build of the deck was also really weird. Um, so like definitely in in a region that you know people in the U.S. might not pay as much attention to, which is a a shame because there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out of there. And I think that the Picaram build that you built was way better than the Turbo Picaram build, and it ended up doing way better as well. Yeah, I do agree. Like I, uh, the first person to play a similar version that was Gustavo. He had a lot of success with that build, but he plays like two or three Jirachi and much less Zapdos. But uh, in my build, I play four Jirachi and more escape escape rope to have another way to uh, to KO like Marshadow or Jirachi or even Zapdos my opponent and we can play uh in that build you can play like conservative conservative and aggressive and i like to, those two play styles in the same deck and people like just play like a straight aggressive picker on that format which is so weird i think because you have a take a really bad matchup against uh zappies or whatever yeah i agree uh, i ended up playing the turbo build i guess it was called for that NAIC, and I wish I had listened to you, because I did hit a Zap Beast, and I was able to beat him, but I felt like my deck was just kind of hit or miss, where uh, after that event, I played some, like, ARG cash tournament with your build, and I liked it so much better. Uh, so, yeah, definitely trust the, the Zhuao engine the next time we get events, because they're good decks, and it's really cool to see the consistency, the kind of the different way to build decks, and it's really cool that uh, you're able to do that and stand out from the crowd. But with that, let's talk about some interesting more deck building stuff looking forward we got vivid voltage for everyone that's here from last uh, chat pcg hotline we talked with busted katron another interesting deck builder that's kind of the actual exact opposite of joao just taking risk everywhere uh wants certain matchups to be heavily favored tech cards aplenty but now we got the consistency king here so i want to get henry and joao's opinions on um vivid voltage and some of their favorite cards from the set Sure. Um, well, I think there's a fair bit of interesting stuff. I don't know how good. We've got um, some static going on uh, over in Rio. But I think let's start with, we were just mentioning Jirachi a lot, uh, the Stellar Wish Jirachi. Let's touch on the Vivid Voltage Jirachi. So for anyone who doesn't know the ability, once during your turn, if it's in the active, you can look at the top two cards of your deck, put any one, one of them into your hand, and put the other back on top. And you don't go to sleep afterwards, uh, but you can obviously pick any card over a trainer. So I think it's interesting. Uh, I think it obviously you can actually use it as a pivot because you still have like U-turn board, you have air balloon, uh, and so it kind of was like stamp protection or like a pivot. It works quite well. Uh, obviously, it doesn't have the same dig and consistency as Stellar Wish, but I think it's pretty interesting. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very powerful card, I think, because you you can like play uh, use that multiple times in the same turn. So it's pretty good. Like in open with it, it's also insane. But I I don't I don't know like if it's powerful enough to have like a four off in this format. So because this format is crazy. So yeah, I can't see it being a four off. Maybe like. Or one or two of, uh, if you're already playing retreat cards, so you just have pivots. Uh, but yeah, it's not as like crucial to consistency as Stellar Wish would would be. Exactly, that's the point. I think it's, it's just two cards. I think yeah. it's really cool that the the card can make use of a U-turn board. So if you actually want to commit to playing that card, uh, unlike the team up Jirachi, you don't have to fall asleep or whatever. And then if your tool gets removed through Scrapper or whatever, you can just bounce the U-turn board back to your hand. So I think that. That card might combo well with that. I guess it also depends on the deck you're playing it in, because if you have air balloons in that deck already, they might be for a specific retreat cost, uh, two or more, I would say, obviously. So I think it's cool that it can pair with U-Turn Board. I think Orbeetle also pairs kind of well with U-Turn Board. Um, so mm. I, w I think U-Turn Board would probably yeah, be an uptick in play. Yeah, it's also very good. I, I think it should be played in ADP, for example, because it's also a metal Pokemon to like combo with saucer and energy switch so mm. it should be played at least one i think yeah overall yeah. i i think that's fine and it seems good i like it and uh i don't i hope it's not super expensive with all the the hype that's going around with pokemon right now they want to take advantage of all these crazy cards but uh, i don't know henry were there any other cards that you thought were interesting um, I think there's a bunch. Uh, Joao, do you have any you want to mention before I go off onto the list I have? I think Colossal is the most interesting card in this set. Mm. At least Attacker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it did quite well in Japan. Um, but obviously they had different cards. So they had Mag Cargo. I think we touched on this last time I was here. Uh, that they played Mag Cargo and they played Jirachi Prism. And I guess a lot of the ways they won the game was just... Uh, gusting up the Dene or Crobat twice and just carrying it for three prizes, much like ADP. And so one energy for 130 is pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, it also accelerates the energy as well. And so it's like a pretty efficient and powerful attacker with a whole lot of health. Uh, it's 330, and then you have the Stone Energy, which is another card we can touch on. Reduces damage done to your fighting Pokemon by 20. Uh, so it's pretty strong. How do you think it can keep up with the current decks we have without Jirachi Prism? Yeah, I agree. It's a very strong card. Like, and you can play like a bunch of tech cards, or uh, it's something similar to Dragapult. You can play like a lot of consistent cards and play like just this attacker to handle with other other stuff. So it's very interesting. I think it also has interesting synergy with uh, Surfetched because the attack attaches to itself, and then you use Surfetched just like Heatran or. Coco, uh, Coco GX to kind of move the energy off uh, onto a fresh attacker, and I think that's pretty cool. So in, would you build the deck kind of just like a sit there, use the first attack, power it up, or would you use the new supporter, I think it says, like discard card from your deck, accelerate fighting, so like how do you want to power it up? I think you have to play like the consistency. Like The card, it's already good like by itself, so I don't see any reason to play like any energy acceleration card. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think obviously the like, end's resolve has never been that good. 
And so B, B is just basically ends resolve. And obviously it accelerates to itself. And so what happens is that you attach, you have to attach before you evolve anyway, right? You can't attack on the same turn. So you attach, you attach, you evolve, and then you use the attack and you're on three energy. And suddenly one more attachment and you're, you're like already at your 240. And then you still have your one energy attack, even if that gets knocked out. So you can do something like uh, attach, pass, attach, evolve, uh, attack. You're on three energy. Next turn you attach, 240. Right, they knock you out, you go next turn, attach to active, attack for one, attach another energy, and then you pivot into surf fetch straight after. So even though you can't do 240, you're on that three energy. So your like timing of your turns is really good tempo wise. Because that's like knocking out uh those four attacks and knocking out two V Max Pokemon. That makes sense. I yeah, I didn't think of it that way, because obviously it's a V Max is gonna need to evolve. Um so Galarian Surf, for the people that don't know, its ability is basically Heatran, where it moves energies when it comes into the active, and then and its attack, uh, what's the attack do again? It's like a base amount of damage for 3 it's energy? It's like 210, might be 210 or 200, I'll have a quick quick look. It is, it does 200. Okay, so just swing a little bit, switch into that, obviously your turn to smash up should be pretty dang good, uh, as long as they're not able to out-tempo you, but I think that would be probably fine. Picarom sounds like pretty free. I don't know if they can actually do a whole lot. Maybe crushing hammers get a little annoying, but I feel like once you get a fighting guy going, and if you have enough outs to ride you, probably just kind of roll right through them. Yeah, I mean you one shot them for one energy basically, so I don't think they're gonna have much chance. Mm -hmm. And then its weakness is psychic or grass. Uh, it should be grass. I'll bring it I up. I think it's grass. Yeah, grass. Okay. Grass. Yeah, it seems like you have decent decent matchups against some of the bigger guys. And then uh, from there, just <laughs> big fighting attackers. So finally, something that's going to... A new typing attacker, dealing with Eternatus straight off the bat. Interesting how we see Dragapult get KO'd by Eternatus, and then Eternatus is going to get KO'd by Colossal. And next up, it's going to be some Grass VMAX, like Sceptile VMAX, just come in and wipe out Colossal. We'll just see this trend. It definitely will. Um... There's a couple other amazing rares that seem like a little bit underwhelming. They're, like the mixed energy costs are a little bit too hard to power up. I'm sure we'll see people try and do it. Uh, there's cards like Togekiss VMAX, which I was really excited for, but the way the meta's shaping up, I think it'll be way too underpowered. Um, and it does for two energy, 120, so you take for any two cards, put them in your hand. Maybe in the future it might be able to create some kind of strategy, but for now it doesn't seem great. There is a buff to Luka Metal, um, a metal type weakness guard energy. So if people really want to keep playing their weakness cards, uh, it's strictly better. Uh, what about the card it's Leon? Strictly better. About Leon? It's so much better than the weakness card. Yeah, yeah, strictly better. Yeah. <laughs> Way better. Um, what do you think about Leon? Do you guys know what that does? Uh, more 30 yeah. damage? Right. Yeah, 30 more damage. Yeah. It seems interesting. I don't know what deck should we play it. Probably ADP, I don't know, but it's like most of your supporters in this uh, in this meta have to be like boss or boss and uh, research. So it's mm. kinda crazy to play support like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean the only numbers that I can really think of are like Zacian reaching onto ADP in the mirror. Um, Colossal for one energy can reach onto Eternatus, but you just shouldn't need to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I can't think of what the like the thirty is relevant, but I'm sure at some point in time it will be. So it's definitely like a worthwhile card. Um, the way I see it is like you have all the ability based draws. So if you're not using boss's order, uh, it can help out there. So like Eternatus can hit three hundred, and then if you add some zigzagoons, it's just a little bit easier to hit some of those numbers if you're not playing boss already. Uh, Pikaram two hundred becomes two thirty, so you can KO Zacians, um, that don't have frying pans, and I mean I guess you could make ADP do two ten if you really wanted to, or Zacia do two ninety. Not that that's too relevant, but I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem bad. I, I guess it's more for if a a matchup comes out of nowhere that you need to be able to hit more damage. You can you can afford to play it with all the draw effects that are in standard. So I like the card. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's decent. Yeah, it's decent. There's one of my favorite cards from the set, which I'm not sure how playable it is. Uh, or Beetle VMAX. What this card uh, does? I like this card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, the ability. Uh, once during your turn, if the Pokemon's in the active spot, you can put. You may put one damage on each of your opponent's Pokemon. So it's like the ability, but on your turn. Yeah, it's like Flygon, and then the ability, the attack. Sorry, is Grass Colorless. Fifty plus fifty for each energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon. Decent. Yeah, it has one retreat cost, so you can use U-turn uh, board, air balloon, and if you have four orb beetle in play and you like switch your retreat four times, uh, you can use four of the ability. I like the deck a lot. I I think uh, obviously G Max Wave is a little underwhelming um, for like a V Max. We were so used to some of these broken cards getting printed, but. I mean, if you think about it, uh, an attacker with four energies and then two laser beams, you can hit 270, uh, assuming you add the 250 with the two um, laser beam pings. I, th I think this ability is really cool. It might not be its own deck straight off the bat, but I think uh, it's really good as, like, if you need a deck to do a little bit more damage, you could have it as a pivot. Uh, it's really easy to put Air Balloon or U-Tune, as we've talked about, on it. So if you're in a deck that's okay with having a VMAX in play, you might be able to just kind of use it as a pivot, put Laser Beam in play, get some more damage down, opposed to, like, a Roxy Weezing. Not, I don't know how, how good the card will be off the bat, but I think as more more decks, or, uh, sorry, more cards get printed, different sets, I think this card has a lot of potential. I think it's really nice. Uh, it's just like it's just a cool thing as well. Unfortunately, cards have very high HP at the moment, so the ten isn't as impactful as it would have been in like evolution-based formats, where the basics have low health or things like that. But you know, if they if your opponent has Jirachi in play, eventually you're gonna do a fair bit with Laser Beam. Um, I think it's I think it's cool and hits weakness on Colossal if that becomes prevalent. It deals with a bunch of stuff, and as you said, it's just a really nice pivot to play. Do you have any thoughts on the card? Yeah, I think it's decent, but I don't know if it's good enough to beat like all the crazy decks in this format. Like, you have like Sand Scourge, you have very aggressive decks. Um, and I don't think like spread damage is very good. Like, if Dragapult is another type, like water Pokemon, it doesn't should be really good. Like, um, the grass type is very good against Colossal, I think, but seems not that great against Zacian. Like, I guess Luke Metal Zacian seems pretty bad. I don't yeah. know. Seems okay, like, interesting card. Yeah, there's just not Definitely. enough, like, grass, peat, or grass things to go with it. Uh, you, I mean, 
you really wanted to partner with Decidueye, I guess you could. There's Zerud, but I don't think that would work for this type of deck. Um, and I don't know if Henry wants to talk about that card, but I don't think there's a whole lot of like grass support right now that would even make it stronger. Yeah, there's not really much yeah. support. I think the fact that it's an efficient attacker on its own can be pretty good. Maybe there's some kind of like, you know, gimmicky toolbox kind of deck that uses a like just cheap attackers um, plus the damage from War Beetle. But we don't really have anything like magical swap to really make use of the spread just yet. Uh, so maybe things will come, as you said, in the future that help it out. Um, I don't think there's too much else noteworthy from the rest of the um, set that really stood out to me. Uh, do you guys have any last things to touch on before we move on? Uh, Down Flame V is very good, I think. I agree. I like that card too. Do you want to talk about it, Joel? Yeah, it's very good. Like, it's the free hit rate is amazing to fire decks because, like, for example, Sand Scorch have heavy hit rate in most of cards. Like, Old Canyon have two hit rate, and it's it's nice to have a pivot in. A good card to go first with Fire Deck, especially. I was recording some content for Channel Fireball when I realized that that card has free retreat, and I was like, "Oh, this this card is a lot better than I thought it was." The, the yeah, just the consistency boost that it does give with the uh, discard your hand draw six or turbo. I mean, I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. That's pretty pretty solid. For those that don't know, if you go first, you can use its attack for one colorless, discard your hand, draw six, and then it's, it has free retreat, which that was to me, that was more amazing than the attack, honestly, was realizing that, because now it's just a pivot. Uh, all it needs is a quick ball and an energy to get into play, or you know some search card plus energy and a switch to get out of the active, and then from there, you just move back into whatever you want. Um, good to just throw up there. In a welder decks, if you want to play it, which you probably will, I think, uh, it has a three energy attack for 160, I believe, and it's not awful. It's an option, so I think that card's pretty good. Henry, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's okay. Um, I don't think it's like insane, but it's probably got a worth. It's probably worth playing. I mean, the attack is kind of like my problem with the attack is that a lot of welder decks are built around four energy, excluding like Blacephalon, and this would be just like really good in Baby Blacephalon. But things like Mewtwo. Um, I guess even, you know, like Reshizard, if you think about Flare Strike, a lot of these uh, decks that take four energy to attack, and committing the one energy for fast flight can kind of mess up your tempo um, when you're already a little bit behind. And it is kind of just like Dead Eye Change, uh, but it's definitely really good in those, like, I guess, Baby Blue Cephalon and kind of decks like that. Yeah. I think it's really, really good for that. Yeah, it's really good, especially now we don't have, like, cards. Uh, like, you usually have to discard your hand with... Eddie or like Hearth, Quick Ball to discard your energy to back with Fire Crystal in Baby Blouse and discard like discard all your fire to uh, draw another hand. So it's very good. It's yeah. also very solid card too. It's a good attacker. It's it's can chaosation, free retreat. It's amazing. Yeah, you will definitely bump Baby Blouse up a tier, um, presumably, just through the card alone. <laughs> All right, so, Henry, was there anything else you wanted to talk to Joao about before we hop into some callers? Um, no, I think, we're, I think we've touched on most of the things. We've covered a fair bit of the cards from Vivid Voltage. I don't think anything else really needs mentioning, or else, you know, we'll go down rabbit holes and be here all day. But I think we've uh, touched on mostly what we need. Hopefully we can get some people in and see what they want to ask Joao. Isaiah is here. I think our other caller was AFK. Isaiah wants to ask me why I didn't talk about Rillaboom, so uh, go ahead, no, go no, ahead and hop in. No, no, oh, uh... <laughs> Yo, what's up? First of all, what's up, Joao? How's it going? 
Good to, uh, good to see you. What's <laughs> up, Henry? How we doing? What's up? Um, no, I okay. So I I uh, turned off the stream for a bit to finish my calculus homework, and then I came back. Uh, did you guys talk about Ray Amazing Star? No. That card is so yeah. good. I think that is the best card in the set. Um, hot take. Hot I, take. I. Uh, I, I, I was here for your Jirachi discussion, and I, I agree with pretty much what you guys said, that um, Jirachi's a fine card, but you, you phrase it well. I think it's just very overhyped. Uh, like, people look at it, and they look at how good the last Jirachi was, and then they think it's going to be that good. But I, I really don't think it's going to be that good. Maybe maybe you'll have, you know, what, uh, one in your deck because you can bring it up for a turn and then Sycamore and then, you know, use the ability to grab a card. But other than that, the, the set's very mediocre. And I think that Ray Amazing Star, it just sticks out to me because we don't actually have stuff in our current format that can one-shot. And I have absolutely no idea how the Rayquaza deck would work, but I think that there's some way that it can work. We have a lot of energy acceleration potential in format, and the ability to, to one-shot anything without using your GX attack is uh, unparalleled currently. So that's why I think the card is good, despite it having a uh, very high cost and Pokemon for some reason not making one of the types fire. Okay, so for to round it up, Isaiah thinks that amazing or uh, amazing star Rayquaza is the best card in the set. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let Joao start with this, and then we'll move to Henry, and then we'll get my opinion on this. It's that one that happens to attack with grass, lightning, fire. Yes, that one. Why this is good? <laughs> so I I I think that the. The effect of the attack is worth the the crazy cost. Like, for example, if okay. if you're playing Rillaboom, then you can easily put Aurora energy in that deck, right? The deck currently has Weak Guard, and then you can like attach an Aurora, and then you can go Rillaboom, and then just explode anything you want next turn. Okay, I think you might have misread the card. Uh, it does eighty damage for each type you discard, so you can't what? discard more than one of each. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to be basic. So you have to discard all basic, and then 80 for each type. He didn't have the contacts in. Put the glasses back on, Isaiah. <laughs> I don't know if many people know about that, but, uh, yeah. He's I gone, was... he's gone. He's, he's left. <laughs> he's left. <laughs> you, see, you see, my thing was, I, I did not read the card either. He brought this up in a group chat, and I was just like, that's fine, sure. We'll, we'll let Isaiah have his moment. What I wanted to ask him was, how do you think you're powering this up? Are you going to just flip heads onto these things? Are you going to like try and use Picarom to get energy into play and then power up that attack cost? So that, that was my question. But uh, Isaiah, our, our caller has just hung up. It's over. His hot take was uh, invalidated. He just got one shot by Henry Brand. It, it, yikes. Uh, so for the viewers out there... Ray Quaza, Amazing Star, good investment card if you want to make some quick cash, but uh, not going to be too competitive. Just wait for Isaiah's Channel Fireball article to drop, and then sell him. Yeah, once once he <laughs> drops the CFP article about that, you can use code Jenks and make sure that you tell him that uh, his article's wrong. So, well, uh, sorry about that. We're going to go ahead and ta uh, try this again. We're going to go ahead and drag in our caller. How's it going, returning guests? Where are you calling from, and uh, what's your name? Uh, I'm uh, Jacob, and um, I'm calling from um, Toronto. Oh, nice to have you on the show again, Jacob. I know you have a cool question that uh, Henry and Joel might not have an answer to, but go ahead and uh, hit us with it. 
Yeah, so I was curious uh, what your favorite expanded decks are, or if you if you don't have one, um, your favorite uh, older or older deck, like not from standard format. So I'll go ahead and start with Shuao, and then go Henry, and then into myself. Yeah, I never played any expanded format, so but I really like the Trevnor deck. <laughs> I th- I think it's way too toxic, but it's very cool deck. And for older decks in the standard, it's not too old, but I really like Pidgeotto Control. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Henry, what's your um, I mean, I obviously haven't played much Expanded because, you know, like Shua, we don't have it in my uh, region, but uh, the little bit that I've played, I mean, I really like Mewtwo in Expanded as a like concept because it's way more toolboxy than even in standard it ever was because you know you've got item lock you have a you know kind of like tag purge but rather pokemon you know jolteon ex etc also it's like a manual attachment deck which i really like um i like kind of trying to play without energy acceleration because it really feels like you have to i guess yeah plan uh several steps in ahead several steps ahead uh so yeah i really like uh expanded me too but other than that uh i kind of like sableye it's pretty fun as well Sableye Garb? Uh, yeah. All right, epic deck. So my favorite expanded deck is Trevnor, uh, someone that got to abuse this power to a top eight at a regional championship before uh, the toxicity of that deck just shut down the entire country and the world. That's how broken Trevnor was. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, after going second seed day one, then first seed into top eight, I was defeated by my, my good friend, Justin Bokari, because I'm not good at this game. But uh, Trevnor, really fun deck. Doesn't really allow your opponent to play. And uh, I'll go ahead and jump on the second question, even though I had an answer. I really like Decidueye Vileplume. So also like Joao, there's a trend here. I like playing decks that don't allow my opponent to play because it makes the game a lot easier if I do that. So Decidueye Vileplume, for people that don't know how that deck works, you basically use Forest of Giant Plants, which says all of your grass Pokemon can evolve whenever they want. Uh, And then you just cheat out a bunch of Stage 2 grass Pokemon that... Vileplume, item locks the opponent, and Decidueye is this big 240 HP stage 2 GX that swings for 90 and can deal 20 damage per turn with its ability per each Decidueye in play. So this was the format where you had Shaman EX and all this other stuff, and you just go through your deck as fast as possible and get all these Pokemon into play and prey on all these silly Night Marchers and stuff like that. So that's one of my favorite decks. I agree with Henry, Sableye Garb is really cool really nice deck i've i've won i've won a few league challenges with that and uh yeah expanded expanded's a, a cool place but i think we need to get some bands going yeah i think i agree let's pass it back what, what's your uh favorite deck in expanded um my favorite deck in expanded is actually uh archie stoys i love oh, yeah. uh, i love decks that like pile a lot of energy into play and i love how it can just take a giant knockout turn one and it can also do like even giant spread damage with Whale Lord Magikarp turn one, and I just love the explosiveness of that deck. Have you seen the clip of Azul towering splashing Alex Schumansky's bench for <laughs> prizes or something like that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I should look at that. I hi- I don't know if you could look it up by, by what I just said, but uh, I'll send it to you if I can go find it. It is incredibly funny. It is so cool. <laughs> Basically, the, the general idea is Azul is on the back burner. He has no shot at winning. And Alex Shemansky misbenches a Pokemon that has just a little under 100 HP. and then, Or I think he forgets to bench bench barrier or whatever. 
and uh, then the commentators go crazy as Azul pulls off this incredible combo, towering splashes Alex's bench for like eight prizes. It was it was incredible. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that, thank you, Jacob, for coming on and uh, asking yeah, about the decks. For me. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Yeah. All right, so we got a uh, another caller coming in here that has something to talk about the bands, which we're going to get into. Um, a little background, I believe there's a band list coming up this week, so I'm going to go ahead and drag him in here and ask him about uh, where he's from and what's his topic. Yo, welcome to the hotline. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, I named Jake. I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Nice to have you on the show, Jake. Welcome, welcome. What is your uh, topic? And then go ahead and tell us your take on that topic. So yeah, I'm just uh, talking again about expanded, expanded band list. Expanded's like my favorite format right now, just because standard is just like basically unplayable and just not very fun right now. Um, come at me, I'll die on that hill. It, standard <laughs> sucks. Um, but the like the most uh, hot topic, I guess, with the ban list is shame and ex um, regarding whether it should get banned, whether it is a problem. Um, obviously, um, I've had lots of debates with people about Shane being a problem. Um, just want to see y'all's take on that. Okay. So the question is, what do we think is going to get banned this week? And then what are our thoughts on Shaman in, in particular? Well, I think, I think another, another question that goes along with that is like, what will get banned tomorrow, but what, or if there's difference, like what should get banned? So like two individual questions there, because obviously TPCI is not really known for listening to its players um, regarding, you know, bands, cards that are needed in the game, um, general formatting of the game, rotation for expanded, etc. Sure. Okay, so I'll go ahead and let uh, Joao go and then into Henry. I think shaming has to be banned. Like, there's no way. Like, the card is... Have, you can draw, like, all your deck. Like, to, like Trevnor exists just because shaming. So, uh, I think... I never played expanded, but for what I see, shaming have to be banned, like uh, for sure. So that's it, I guess. Yeah, I don't think shaman should be uh, allowed. I mean, it's kind of like interesting the risk reward factor of shaman expanded because you go really fast, but then suddenly your bench is just clogged. Of course, you have Skyfield, but I think it's just a little bit too much of an enabler um, in a format with already like so many options and. So many things. I think it's unnecessary now that uh, Scoop Up Net's out. And even before Scoop Up Net, you could argue it was probably a little bit excessive. Um, so I'd imagine Shaman will get banned. Uh, but then beyond that, I'm not really like well-versed enough in Expanded to know. Um, it'd be interesting if they chose to unban cards. Um, I don't know specifically which ones. Maybe things like Getsus. Um, I could see like being unbanned if they chose to go that way. Because I think rather than just like continuing to ban cards, if they reverse some to try and shake things up, it could be interesting. Uh, but yeah, well, you have way more experience than Chihuahua and I. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So after Collinsville, once we played this Trevnor deck and kind of realized, and I guess everyone realized it was broken, I started to think that although, like at the time, I wasn't really aware of Shaman as a problem card, but now that we have Scoop of Net, it's obviously a big issue because Scoop of Net um, obviously can pick up EXs and stuff like that. So at the Collinsville time, I thought that Melodic needed a ban and my reasoning for banning melodic is that yo sosa thank you for the raid uh my reasoning for banning melodic is as more cards get printed 
that can, you know, they're, they're not really good on surface level, but then once you give them a way to exploit energies into play, they become a problem card. That's kind of what I saw with Melodic. And in addition to Melodic, there's Ace Trainer. And now Ace Trainer, once again, not really a problem card, but when you have effects like Melodic or things that can, you know, knock itself out on turn turn one, turn two, then you just Ace Trainer them to an unfair hand count. You maybe, like, hit Silent Lab or la um, Muck into play. They can't draw anything. I think Ace Trainer is also a problem card, just not as much as it is. Like, it needs more stuff to be a problem card. I don't think uh, Gengar Mimikyu is very good for the game either because that card is easily exploitable, and um, the Trevnor deck kind of just had a second option when using that card because if you didn't hit what you need or if you hit the mirror match, you could then use uh, the Trev or the sorry the Gengar Mimikyu's Horror House GX. You can just cheat a turn back into play in into your side. So I think it's more than just Shaman EX. Um... I definitely, definitely think Melodic should go, and it's kind of like Miss Magius, uh, how they banned it in Standard. It's like a preemptive thing because if they just, if they just overthink or don't think about cards like Trevnor or you know down the line they print some other dumb stuff, cards like that they were designed for a format with EXs. It, the card specifically says you cannot do this to an EX. Well, GXs and Vs come into play, and they're allowed to use Melodic. So I think Melodic definitely needs to go. Um, my take on Shaman, I think Shaman's probably pretty bad for the game and i think scoop up net is probably fine to stay just because if you ban shaman you then have um uh crobat and dedene as draw engines and because they have the limiter on them it's not going to be as powerful but yeah i think melodic is the one card that i don't see a lot of people talking about as for unbanning supporters i know i saw robin schultz in a thread talking about unbanning hex maniac i do not want to see that happen uh, even though we have the turn one rule that prevents you from playing a supporter on turn one, I think that Hex Maniac would still be incredibly oppressive. It would just overall not be a very good idea to unban that card. And then the last card I want to talk about is Getsis. I think Getsis should be unbanned, and my reason being is, uh, although Getsis had a very, like, turn one unskill-based, um, part of the card... I felt like the late game Getsises could like make a good like someone that knew how to use Getsis come out on top against someone that didn't know how to use Getsis. So for example, if you have VS Seeker in your hand and you need Guzma or Lysander to win, if you don't preemptively hit go for that supporter, or maybe you get you guarantee a draw supporter so that you have the option to do something, and then a player plays Getsis opposed to N, uh, they can like strip your hand of all your items if you didn't play around it. And then you're in a worse position where if they end you to one or two or three or whatever. So I think unbanning gets this would actually be kind of a skill-based move um, now that the turn one limiter is in. But that's going to be my thoughts on it. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add, uh, Jake. Yeah, I definitely think um, there are definitely some more cards that could be added to the problem. I think that uh, TPCI, um, I think tomorrow Ace Trainer will probably end up getting a ban just because... Um, with a, with a lot of times you see with bans coming, we see TPCI merely banning cards that are a part of like a toxic combination, um, like like Trevnor uh, could be considered to be, um, and not actually like the problem that's causing it. Another card, um, definitely Robo Sub slash Lily's Polka Doll. I think you need to have you can't have eight of those in a deck. I think that's just insane. Um, and another card, I don't know uh, if they would ban it just because of it's it's not it's not necessarily broken, but it's inaccessible. Tropical Beach. I mean, you got uh, these doll stall decks playing four of them, and that's what like sixteen hundred bucks could be two thousand bucks around. I think that's just um, they either need to reprint that or just ban it altogether because of uh, how inaccessible it is. Um, 
Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you guys hit the nail right on the head. And I think I think Wally's also another supporter that could be unbanned, um, just because um, obviously since the turn one rule was removed, um, things like uh, Trevnor or not Trevnor, excuse me, Trevenant um, aren't really much of a problem anymore. That turn one item lock isn't really a problem anymore. Um, obviously, you've seen things like uh, like Rowlet and the Little Executor or the Bio Plume get up that turn one item lock, and it still be like a winnable matchup for a lot of decks and expanded. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, you guys definitely hit the nail on the head. Hex Maniac, I mean that that card just definitely stay far away from expanded. That card that card literally just like destroys entire archetypes like uh, Mewface yeah. Collide and um, even like some of the new Mad Party and uh, Mad Party decks are playing really heavy Marshadow and Mew uh, Face Collide lines, um, and especially with uh, with uh, with Mewtwo as well, uh, Mewtwo and Mew GX. Um, that deck, I mean you just basically won't even be able to attack using that card for an entire turn. Yeah, no I think that's, that's just a little too broken. Um, I think Garboder is definitely like a healthy thing for the format. Um, ability lock in any sense is healthy. And I think bringing back that sort of like supporter based ability lock where you just can't get around it. I mean, there are ways to get around Garb. Obviously you could play um, Faba, you could play Floatstone, not Floatstone, excuse me, Field Blower, but you have Hex, there's no way to get around it without, um, without really anything else. So yeah, you guys definitely hit the nail right on the head, but I really hope that TPC doesn't do anything just absolutely stupid tomorrow, banning something like Ace Trainer or banning something like Trevnor. Yeah, and uh, I think you bring up a good point with Tropical Beach. Instead of banning Tropical Beach altogether, um, I'm not really sure how... I'm not really sure how like possible this is, but if they could print... Um, promos on hand, like you have them at the events, and then if you're committed to playing uh, a Tropical Beach deck, you can go ask for the promos, and they'll have them at deck submission or whatever. Or maybe they allow you to, like I think I think this is where you kind of get into a problem area is if you like allow people to sharpie on an energy, say Tropical Beach or whatever. I think that's probably a bad idea, but it, you know it's an example. I think I think if they could make Tropical Beach more more accessible without destroying the value of the card. Uh, that would be a really good move. And I think the main reason why it's important to, like, make... Well, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because although Tropical Beach is a competitor card, it also holds value because you can, it can be played. But you don't want to, like, take away the reward from from the people that earned it back then. Like, Champions Festival, if they just went out handing Champions Festivals to everyone, although... The, okay, besides the fact that we've get gotten Champions Festival multiple times in a row, I'm talking more if they were to just put in, like, a product then everyone would have it. Champions Festival would lose part of its meaning because it's like, a, hey, you qualified for this event, um, and Tropical Beach is the same way. So maybe a ban is warranted. Maybe just being able to have the option to play it through a proxy or something at a regional would be good. But yeah, I think we I think we hit it um, pretty well with some of the things. I didn't even realize that it was today. I knew it was the 29th, but damn, time flies. Didn't realize it would be today. So my hot take to end this topic, I guess, I don't expect them to ban anything. We don't have any expanded events as of now, uh, and, you know, it kind of just depends on how much they care about expanded ladder and ticket tourneys, but that's going to be my hot take to, to end the discussion. So, Jake, thanks for coming on, and uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks appreciate it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and drag in Isaiah. I think he, uh, I think he's back. So let's, let's, back let's see. He didn't voice a topic or anything, so we'll see. Isaiah, right. welcome back. Do we have, do we have a revolution? Hello? Oh, Sorry that I dragged back. you out. <laughs> this is why we mute the people in the waiting room. But uh, I wanted Dude, to talk to Braga. I was, I was having Braga. a good conversation with Braga. <laughs> so uh, you're back. Did you did you discover something? Did we roast you too soon? Yes. Okay. So 
while while Henry, while I might have gotten one shot by Henry, Henry is soon going to get one shot by amazing Rayquaza Ho Ho with Ninja Boy in expanded. <laughs> Well, this is where the expand the, the talking about expanded problem occurs because we were talking about <laughs> standard trainer. Yes, I understand, but I just wanted to 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 point out that even the Rayquaza has that limitation, which is very unfortunate. I still think that it could be um, it, it definitely could be good and expanded, and yeah, that that limitation is so bad. I thought I could use Aurora Energy and play it in any deck I wanted, but <laughs> um. In expanded, it's it's not horrible. Assuming that something gets banned, obviously right now it's just inferior to other decks. But if stuff like Trevnor and Stall gets banned, then it could potentially be good because assuming you flip one of your three or four ho heads per turn, then you can deal three hundred and twenty, three hundred and forty with a muscle band, uh, basically at will. So, yeah, that actually seems pretty good in expanded. Um, obviously, you do have the requirement of flipping heads on the ho, but surely, it's yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I have four flips, but I'm never hitting tails. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I had to I had to come back and then reinstate the the dominance of Rayquaza. But on a <laughs> on a serious note, I do think that the set is kind of disappointing. Um, you know, people complain about how bad the meta is and how Zacian and is just taking over the meta. And I think that there's I think there's a few things you can say about that. First of all, I think that people aren't really trying a ton of things. Um, I think that there is definitely some way that you can make a good deck in this format that people haven't figured out yet. There's just so many cards uh, in the standard format, you know, whether it's uh, some type of greens deck or um, something different, I don't know. But I do think that there's something, surely, in this format that's, uh, that's good enough to be played that people haven't figured out yet. So, uh, But I, I was kind of hoping this next set would would help a little bit with that, and it doesn't really. There's some good Pokemon, but it's uh, it's a pretty boring set in its entirety. Yeah, I agree. And to make matters worse, I don't know if this is a confirmed thing, but I definitely saw this somewhere. Apparently, our February set is getting pushed back to March. So we're yeah, actually, I saw we're that actually as well. stuck with this set, and I agree. Uh -huh. I think it is a little underwhelming for you know a brand-new expansion. So it definitely sucks. Mm -hmm. Especially when we've seen so many power, like completely power shifting, like meta dominating cards, right? Like two sets ago, we got ADP and Great Catcher, which are two of you know the best cards we have uh, printed for those metas. And then last time we got Zacian and Boss's Orders, or sorry, we got Zacian. So three times ago ADP, two times ago Zacian, and um, then last set we got Boss Orders. So we really have gotten a lot of insanely powerful cards for the meta game recently. And maybe there's something in this new set that will be good enough, but. Uh, at first glance, there isn't anything, at least as raw, with the raw power level of those cards. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, adding thoughts, Henry and Joel? Yeah, um, I also think the standard format isn't really bad. I, I think it's bad, of course. Like, don't kill me, please. But <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. Like, you, you can do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cards that you can... Uh, add it to your deck to make your deck like more consistency or more powerful, and like and especially in online events, people love like uh, deck cards. So a lot of those decks are very inconsistent at all. So if you play like a straight consistency deck, like you probably going to have a lot of success, and 
to a Players' Cup, for example, because it's massive tree, a lot of rounds. And when you see like uh, online events, like to Hangster events, for example, like it's eight rounds, uh, best of one, like you can see like Crazy decks doing well, like Ika Greens. And, po- pers- uh, and Poison Eternatus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very inconsistency. So uh, for like best of three events with a lot of rounds, probably those decks uh, should not do it that well. But like for best of one, eight rounds, only events, it's probably doing well. But uh, for more like if if this format, uh, uh, if that's a ERL uh, format, it's probably good, a decent format, not that bad. Yeah. So I have an interesting something I just or an interesting thing to note that I just came up with. Do you think that if we had Japan's format, would the format be better? So I guess this would expand back to. Uh, it's not Sun Moon base, is it? Okay, I don't know what it is, but I'm just I'm gonna say no. Uh, I just think that adding cards to the format can only. I think that adding cards to a format can only make it worse, um, in general. Uh, but I, I I could be I could be wrong on that. Like unless it's in like a specific scenario, if you add a gust card, can make the format better, or you add a certain card that can make it better. I think just adding to the card pool doesn't always make the format better. Maybe it makes it more diverse, but um, it might just create more broken combos. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it'd be great. I mean, Baby Blounds like won one of their big events. I think the most recent one with fifteen hundred people. And I think if that deck is winning a fifteen hundred person event, um, could be a little bit doomed. I think like there's not really. Like, just taking away the cards that were then aren't, isn't going to really fix anything. Um, and removing them isn't going to fix anything either. So I honestly think it's pretty indifferent. Yeah, I, I think that we would probably have a different meta from Japan if it was in America. Just because America and Japan, they differ a lot. Or not, not that that discredit anything you said, Henry. But um, it they would differ a lot. So maybe we would have, you know, different decks doing that. Like, we probably... I, I don't... American top players like to... Or they shy away from Blounds a lot more than... Uh, Japanese players, uh, I think, like are a bit more inclined to Wilder decks. Um, just looking at what they've played at at previous events, but uh, so it might not be like Blounds that dominate. Maybe it's like you know, maybe Pikram just stays dominant, or maybe Control is insane, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it might make it more interesting, but I don't know if it would make it better. But like you said, I also don't think the format's that bad. Um, I still really like playing Pokemon right now. I think it's super interesting. So. Uh, I might not be the best person to ask if it would make the format better because I don't really have strong feelings on the format. All right, hot take. Well, I'm going to round that up, and then we're going to go ahead and get in uh, someone that I've been super excited to have on the call. So, Isaiah, thanks for thanks for coming back, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you guys uh, once again for having me back, and uh, have a good week, guys. Good to talk to you. Thanks, man. See ya. See All right, you. so I'm going to go ahead and let this guy introduce himself because he's never been on the show before, but I'm super excited to have one of my good friends on that I met in Brazil, we got the one and only Braga. He needs to unmute himself, but uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? What up, my friends? How are you doing? I'm calling from the same city as João, calling from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm Alexandre Braga. And uh, can I go with my take or? Yeah, you're good. Okay. So I have to make a disclaimer before because I have not played that much Pokemon since the online era started. I think I've been playing ADP for like three months straight. But my take is, the lack of dreams in the format, in the online era, caused by 
two factors, two main factors: the change of the the first turn supporter rule back in February, and the open deck list format for the the big events. Not for example, players cups qualifier and coming back on that later. It's hurting the the format more than people are talking about or realizing. So it's I think people are complaining a lot about the just going forward stuff like you using Crowbot, the Denny's, whatever, using Pokemon Catcher, Christian Hammer, because you're drawing to everything, you have no comeback potential. And I think one of the one of the good format one of the good like deck formats you have, it's Grims. It's a for the comeback potentials, it's Grims. It used to be good, but I don't think you can actually rely on that in a decent way when you're playing an, an open deck list. And not not just that, for example when you're playing back in the time Imagine playing some Zoroark decks with open deck lists. It would be, would be horrible. You would be seeing people attaching floats, random floats on because they're not playing Field Blower, for example. And I think the beauty of the one of the beauty of card games is what what, what is going through both minds of the of the both players about stuff that are not being seen. And you're seeing everything. The stuff just everyone is just is just being like. Incentivized, is that a word? Probably it is. Incentivized yeah, to yeah. play, to play stuff like four bosses, four catchers, and draw and try everything, and just go like, okay, I'm playing my game. Then I'm, I'm playing some, when I'm playing ADP, ADPZ. I'm playing this because I'm, I'm playing basically. I was basically playing this for the player skip qualifiers, and because I, I didn't want to interact with my opponent, so like play Pokemon, play my turn, and then I don't know, watch some stream, and then when it's my turn again, I'm going back into the game. I didn't, I don't need to watch my opponent play. And I think the fact the fact that we are not seeing that much greens is being is hurting the format in the way that, that people are complaining about more than it's being talked. So mm-hmm. I'll let you guys talk about it. Okay, so I think I think there's a lot to unpack here. Actually, this is this is probably gonna be a pretty big discussion. Um, okay, so to summarize, greens greens is really good. Is the first first take. Second take is. Uh, Green is not being played as much because open deck lists, and on top of that, open deck lists has standardized some of the decks because there's not a whole lot of diversity. And um, uh, obviously, the online format there's not as much on the line, so you don't have to take the game as seriously. The standardization of lists helps with that; it makes the game a lot more easier to play. Was there anything I missed? I think you're good, and I need to say that I need I need you guys to confirm all my my points because I'm possibly not going like I'm not sure how much people are like how much. How much people are playing actually greens? I can be wrong on my on my assumptions, but I think it's n- not that much as it should be. Yeah. So yeah, no so, so we see. So interesting that you bring this up because a greens Reshizard or breaks in Zard, some greens welder deck ended up coming out of uh, nowhere. I'm not familiar on the tournament it placed at, if it won or whatever, but I know it got a little bit of talk. There's been a few articles written on it, so we've definitely seen a greens deck come back into the format i think there's one person um i think his name is saxact 17 or saket bramir or something he played greens Pikaram to a little bit of success but other than that i don't actually think greens has been seeing a lot of play so joao i'm gonna give it to you go ahead and answer the first one which is your thoughts on greens and standard yeah i i agree with all like brian said uh, uh go like uh, open decklist, it's really bad to play tournaments, actually. Uh, you can't, like, re- realistically, you can't play green decks to online events. So, uh, it's very bad to, to go first, the turn one rule. 
and like other decks like uh, green spot. There's another issue about green's deck is crashing hammers. <laughs> a lot of people are playing crashing hammers in a lot of decks, which is a shame. Uh, and for example, like uh, green's Chinachon, it's a very good deck in this format. Uh, if we had like real tournaments, and people play like can let you go first and uh, have crashing hammers in the deck, so you have a huge disadvantage play like a deck like that and green zard is like most impactful deck to if people let you go first you have like a terrible turn so green speaker on not that bad but uh green's rushes are green's any green's fire deck going first in this format it's terrible and it's more impactful with crashing hammers played uh in other decks Gina shop is a great example and even like Green Zard uh, can be hurt by crushing hammers if they if people let you go first. So uh, it's pretty bad to play Greens in this format. And I agree, people play like straightforward aggressive decks in this format because open deck lives. Yeah, so I agree with like everything. I think that open deck lists are is actually feels good in best of one uh, because I feel like. The problem with open decklist is that it removes like tournament skill, right? It people focus only on the fact that it, uh, you know, you can play around with your opponent has like that's great and all, but as you was touching on like the uniqueness of card games, you you gather this information and you know if you have the ability to hide your cards from the opponent, like you take a different line of play, like let's say in the past playing and instead of sycamore just to deliberately hide attack cards so that it shuffles back into your deck rather than discarding it. Like, hiding things like that or not playing them if you don't need to win that game so that your opponent isn't aware. Um, little skills like this, uh, but when you can't actually in gather information and play around it in the next like two like next two games, then I think Open Decklist is fine for best of one. As for greens, uh, people, and especially at the moment, I mean, honestly, it comes almost down to, in some ways, kind of like the dopamine rush of like discarding your hand with the research or um yeah to then a crow about everything like like drawing things and getting lucky is like a, an instant gratification kind of rush um that for a lot of maybe i guess yeah people who are trying to have fun or are competitive i can see that being an incentive and why they might enjoy greens less uh, but greens is always like you know the idea want to like i always advocate for search supporters um like just be, being able to search cards with your supporters rather than hard draw is like way better um, because obviously it removes a lot of the a lot of the luck in the game, and just yeah, open deck lists hurts greens. It hurts a lot of things, um, and then yeah, just also greens is a little bit underpowered because of Marnie. Like Marnie really hurts it because you can't build yeah. a hand, you can't set up. Um, Marnie is awful, and it just feels like so weak when you can search for any two cards you want, or you could draw fourteen cards in a turn and hope that one of them is there. <laughs> like it's uh, definitely been power crept, and it's a sad thing to see. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess I'll, I'll wrap up the first point. I was dealing with some things in chat, so I didn't get to get the whole discussion, but I guess my thoughts on greens in general, I, th I don't think it's bad. I think that the fact that some of these decks are being able to perform uh, is good. Thanks, shout out to Bob for telling me that the greens breaks in deck I saw was from the Lavender Town event. Uh, I believe it won that. So it, it's, it's seeming... That happening that these greens decks are winning in smaller events and maybe people are just less prepared for them. I think what Henry said about Marnie 
is like another big part of why it's probably underperforming. You just you can just Marnie them. I remember hitting a greens Reshizard in my Players Cup uh, qualifiers, and I just kind of Marnied every greens they had. So the high count of Marnie definitely hurts, and the turn one supporter rule blows. I I think I think open decklist for best of one is probably fine. I agree with that. But best of three, um, I definitely miss closed decklist in best of three. I haven't played any best of three events other than the Players Cup, but I felt like it gave me an advantage that I knew everything that was in their deck, and especially when I was playing Picaram in the 256 bracket, I could just be like, they don't have Mew, this matchup's instantly 60-40, or whatever. So I, I felt like just not knowing, or sorry, knowing my opponent's decklist gave me an advantage, whereas if I didn't know that, I might not make some of the more riskier plays. Uh, for example, uh, something that's really big as to whether or not your opponent plays Mew, is if you have no idea if they play Mew, you're almost never going to make a play where you full blitz six energies onto the active with Pikaram because you're threatening a tag bolt. If you get, if you, if they bench Mew, now your energies are all just stuck on the active. They can't go anywhere. Uh, so if you had, if you had, uh, if you knew that they didn't play Mew, you can make that play no punishment because you know, they don't play Mew. I think that's where the open deck list kind of sucks. And more on that is if you figure out, they play it game one, you're not going to play that way again. Or if you go the entire game one and don't see it, then uh, you might play differently. So I, I definitely think that the decklist thing being shared hurts um, it a little bit. But then again, at, at the same time, the online decklist, you kind of just have to trust that your opponent's not going to swap cards that may or may not be in your deck. And it, uh, I don't know, it kind of sucks. Oh, I think it I think it sucks. And I don't think it can actually be fixed. I'm saying this because people are, I see a bunch of people complaining and all the, the ban ADP thing that, that happened, and I think it's happening still. I say people are like complaining about some stuff, so I think the format isn't actually that bad, but it isn't being allowed to to be to be handled the way it was supposed to be. Like if people are playing, for example, Marnie, if you're playing Marnie when someone played Green, okay, you're not playing like you're not playing Research because your opponent isn't playing at a Green's deck, so you're playing more conservative, and then you're the whole game it's it's a slower mm -hmm. and. The, all the the meta needs to to build to be built around it. So when you're allowed to not have a green stack, you're allowed to not prepare to it. So the stuff gets gets faster, and everyone is incentivized to to be faster. And that's awful. I think that's people are complaining. The the, the point is people complain about the meta being so fast, and because you're not allowed to be slow because you're losing <laughs> if you're slow if you try. The the, the best. The best archetype that is slow is hurted in a bunch of ways, and that's why we're stuck with what we have, and, which is apparently bad by what a bunch of people say. Not saying yeah, that I agree with this. Also, this is like slightly adjacent to closed Eclipse, but because of online tournaments, I think that Excadrill <laughs> Control would actually be ridiculously good. Um, yeah, in this format, I agree. like really good, uh, but it just can't be played like online because of time limits and things like that. So we'd see a vastly different meta, like. You know, to compared to what we have online, obviously people aren't going to play Crushing Hammer in real life, things like that. Um, but yeah, as you said, like the meta hasn't been allowed to evolve, and the way it's kind of developed has been pretty bad. And let's—it's not to say that it'd be amazing if it was uh, in real life, but things would be a lot different. Like the game would probably be slower just by the fact that you know Control will be a deck, um, as you said, like Greens might be able to be played, things like that. Um, I'm just responding to chat quickly. Why wouldn't people play Hammer's, I Hammer's IRL? Uh, because online, 
there's like this whole psychology thing where people are willing to take risks more online because they're not really putting any anything on the line when they go into these tournaments. There's not real any rewards. They're not putting in their time or their money really to go to the things. They're not traveling. They're not, you know, taking all this time out. And there's nothing kind of on the line. There's no loss to them. And so they're willing to take more risks. And obviously, in our opinions, Crushing Hammer um, is bad. Uh, I would never want to play the card because there's just no point not having control over the game, even if it's a strong, impactful card. Um, it's just not worth it not being in your control. And so people willing to make these risks and play these cards uh, online is why we see these kind of riskier deck lists or crazy coin flip cards. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to realize that it's a, a lot of these things, even if it's a league challenge or a league cup or tournament regional, whatever, it's a big financial commitment. Uh, I guess it's subjective to who you are, but uh, you know, baseline... If you're flying to an event, it's not a local thing. You have to pay for entry, all that stuff. People don't want to risk all that on a crushing hammer flip. Um, and bringing it back to extra drill, I agree. I actually, I'm actually pretty surprised with that deck. I got to read Sanders' um, article that he posted about it. I liked it a lot. But yeah, I think I think greens is, I think greens is unfortunately slept on, as a whole and. I don't know if it has room to be played more uh, because of the online format or if there's just a new partner. Maybe we see stuff out of um, uh, Vivid Voltage that surprises us. But if you had any ending thoughts on that, I think that's a good wrap on the greens. Yeah, I think China Shop could be really good with yeah. greens. Yeah, of course. How would you we have Machamp. Oh, go ahead. There's Machamp. Like to Mar Marcello Marchamp to handle with Picaro and Eternatus. But as we said, Crashing Hammers is played, so that really sucks with Crash Hammers being popular. Yeah. How would you just be manually attached powering that up, Joao? Yeah, exactly. So like Crashing Hammers just destroyed this egg. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think Crushing Hammer also limits creativity of uh, some of the decks that would be like that. Braga, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think my thoughts are are past done. We I've shared what I what I wanted to, and I I, I didn't play a lot of thing a lot of this format. I'm, I don't I'm probably not playing a lot. Of, I enjoy playing EDPZ because it's easier and I do not need to think a lot, and I can all in often. But I think the point is, I, I do not enjoy when people are complaining about the format. I hate this, all this, need to ban something, this format's awful. I think it's, people got to adapt, but it, it can be always adapting. We, we, we've seen this happen a bunch when URL tournaments are happening, and this isn't, this isn't happening now. And the, the, this open deck list limits it so much. It's, I think it's, we, since we can't do anything about it, we don't talk about it, but if, I think it's, most hurtful thing about it, about all the the online error, and but people can talk about it, and it's and it's fair because we can change it. But yeah, so that's what I when I when I when I talk about it, it's when people start complaining about the format generally. So these are my thoughts. Yeah, and that's yeah. Cool. And before we move on quickly as well, I think obviously this is a little bit much to ask, but especially when there isn't really much on the line, you know, everyone complains about crushing hammer and things like that. What if we just all didn't play it? Like, what if we just had like a moral agreement that we just wouldn't do it? As is, like, we just you know, if no one enjoys playing against it, doesn't want to play it, like, 
we can we can stop. I'm gonna say this um, on the on the off chance that I'm right, and then instantly become the prediction goat. Tomorrow's <laughs> ban list, we will see a standard ban of not ADP, maybe ADP, I don't know, but we'll see Crushing Hammer. <laughs> now, here's the way I see this. Although I don't believe that statement, I see zero downside if it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I'm the goat of predictions now, and we don't have Crushing Hammer. So I'm going to go ahead and say it here. You can clip this if you want. This is the hottest take on the PTCG hotline. Crushing Hammer is getting banned on October 29th, 2020. You heard it here first. Brago, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, loved having you on, and hopefully we'll see you again. Thanks for having me. Braga. See ya. See ya. So we got a good, good uh, discussion about greens. I want to now take this time to open it up to chat if they have any questions or if anyone else wants to come on the call. Other than other than that, we're going to do a little bit of a um, wrap-up, talk about some other things that we might have off the top of our head, try and get to the hour 30-minute mark. If not, we will probably come to a conclusion. So if anyone in the chat wants to just voice an opinion in chat, you don't even have to come into the Discord, or you can come into the Discord because that's how the show works. We got a, we got Pixel Joao. I don't know if anyone's paid attention in the call, but Joao has turned into a square and uh, is very pixelated. <laughs> so the, the all-powerful Joao has transformed and is now more powerful <laughs> than ever. But uh, yeah, so anyone that has topics that they want to talk about, this can be quick stuff. This can be what's the favorite food, you know, all that stuff. Also, now that... There's an, another one I probably have to address this. Thank you, Mr. Codwell, Rahul, It's Just Rick, and Big Body Harris for the subs. Love you guys. Thank you for so much for the support. But, uh, yeah, anyone in chat have any topics that they want us to talk about? How do you guys think the format will shift once in... Ooh, okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Okay, so hopefully this answer isn't just it's the same, but so we're going to go with this one. Joao and Henry, how do we think the format will shift once in-person events open? So let's assume that we're going into Vivid Voltage and events come back. So we have to kind of forget about all the stuff that's going on right now. But what if events just happened this weekend and we could go travel to events completely safe? What do you think would change? We'll start with Joao. I think uh, control decks would be more popular because like... Control usually just take loss to ADP play. It's the mainly auto loss, but it's not auto loss. Uh, I think green deck would be like more played because uh, you just like uh, let your, your opponent go first knowing events and that's it. Um, and also decks like, as I said, like Tina Show, it would be really decent because People don't play Crushing Hammers in real life. So, uh, and like, I think we, people will play less aggressive decks. Like, Marnie will be more played. Uh, people will not play like uh, four, four Pokemon catchers, four boss orders. In, and people also don't play usually around Stamp in this format because most people usually don't play Stamp. And it's like online events, so people just play aggressive, and that's it. And people try to play more careful, play more careful. So I think it will change a lot, actually. What do you think? Yeah, about? I think I think there'd be a fair bit of changes. As I said, like I think Excadrill Control would be really, really good. Like Handlock kind of beats everything except ADP at the moment, um, and even then, that matchup's like pretty winnable. Uh, I'm fairly sure. So 
I think control would be way more played. Um, and then we probably start seeing it adapt from there. Like we'd see control probably win the first event, uh, that or ADP. Uh, but ADP like, has a bunch of counters. So I think people would like, the way I see it is people would heavily tech for ADP. Uh, and then people will play control. Control will win. Then the meta will shift a back, little bit back to dex tech for control. And then also um, ADP. And then uh, kind of go from there. But I really think that control is the main thing missing at the moment. And of course, hopefully we you know, see some green decks pop up, um, things like that. And also, I think with control being re relevant comes the increase of um, Marnie. And so, like Shua said, the format will slow down because Marnie counts will increase, control will increase, like those kind of things will play together. And then you kind of just have the natural kind of evolution of a format that you normally have, but rather than just, I guess, the pure aggression we see online. Yeah, uh, I I like I agree with that. This is, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. The extra drill control, I think it's really good. I don't think it's very good for the qualifiers because of that time limit. I'm not sure if the, I think it does. The bracket time limit I think changes. So maybe if someone was able to master extra drill control, whether that's Sander or someone else, maybe we see that one come up on, come out on top. Um, but you know, I think I think there's a lot of potential for people to be more serious about their deck choices. You know, there's more to think about. Uh, the, assuming the top players all return to the game, you're going to see a lot more effort put in by some of these players. And even just, I mean, it doesn't have to be top players. It's just a generalized statement. But you'll see people put more effort into their decks in general. So I think people will be able to come up with better things that, than they have already. But um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and answer the next question and then go ahead and drag in our last caller for the night. Um, uh, PJT2014, if control becomes relevant again, will ADP start playing Cryagonal again? When the mill decks were doing really good, I tried control or uh, Cryagonal. I didn't really like it that much, so I don't think so. But Joao and Henry, just a yes or no. Any thoughts? I don't think so. You just play Marnie. I don't think so. All right, yeah. so yeah, the consensus is Marnie. Just get you there, but yeah, that's good. We're gonna do that, and then I'm gonna go ahead and drag in our our guy for the last waiting room, and then we'll wrap from there. So, welcome to the PCG Hotline. What's your name and where you're calling from? Uh, hey guys, my name's uh, Ethan. I'm calling from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Nice to have you on, Ethan. Thanks for coming on. What is your topic, and uh, what's your take on it? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. I can't believe I'm here with Henry Brand. Congrats on your uh, world champion title. But uh, I was just wondering if you guys have had a chance to play in any of these alternate formats that have kind of cropped up in this uh, weird online world we're living in. Like there was the Alola Cup, and then on the subreddit, there's the uh, Deck Builders Revenge Tournament going on. Uh, I've just seen a couple cool alternate formats like that. I was just wondering if you guys participated at all. So I'll yeah. go ahead and start with uh, Joao. Yeah, I played the Alola Cup. It was very fun to play. I play at PG Auto Control, which is not that fun. But the the format is very fun. Like it's something close to what we should play if we if Zorak or if those uh, sets was not banned before the 2019 worlds. It's something close to that. So it's pretty it's very nice to see like uh, a format like that, like Mewtwo is very good, like and like Picaron is also very good. Stall is very good. So there's there's a lot of decks in this format. It's very good, but I did play other formats like just a uh, local. Very cool. Yeah, I think um 
there's so many cool ones. Even like the old format ones are interesting, but in terms of the alternate ones, the Alola Cup I really wanted to play in, but unfortunately, uh, I kind of like psyched myself out a bit. I uh, always want, like, whenever I want to play in one of these tournaments, I want to like do a lot of preparation, right? And I want to be sure that the deck I'm playing is really good, and you know, I have answers for things, and I don't want to be blindsided. And unfortunately, that takes time and you know, effort and investment, and I didn't really uh, get around to putting that much time into it, so I chose not to. But it, they're really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I think that format's really interesting. Uh, and same with you know old, old formats, or I don't know so much about the like just banning one card like ADP from standard. I don't know about that, but yeah, like these all look up. I think it's something that's only really popped up because of the online era, but a really good thing. And I hope they kind of stick around. Um, it's difficult when big tournaments come back because obviously people want to put their time and effort into those uh, tournaments mm-hmm. and those formats, but yeah, uh, hopefully they stick around. Yeah, I like that take. Um, there's definitely like an absence of uh, these interesting, interesting rule tournaments in person, exactly because of what you said. People want to focus on the competition of it. So this has just been a really cool time for me, who's a little bit more, you know, I'm a little bit more casual. So playing in all these alternate stuff has been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it's definitely great, and it's fun to be able to use cards that have rotated or things that you really liked and give them a, another try. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about expanded too is just the ability to use some older cards obviously there's some problems but as for myself i haven't really i haven't played any of the uh, alternate formats just because i don't really have the time to do it but i've i've seen some of the results from the alola cup and i think it's really cool i know when i started playing the game uh xander bennett was someone that was advocating his own like little format with completely custom cards and mechanics and stuff like that so i definitely think that if people were to commit to like building a circuit around a completely new format or Xander's format, it doesn't really matter. Um, that would be really cool. I haven't checked out some of the subreddits or anything. I don't really use Reddit. But uh, Ethan, I wanted to go ahead and ask you before we uh, close the show, do you have any places where people can check out these formats, maybe the Alola Cup, the Reddit, or anything else you've tried that uh, maybe people that are interested can get a taste? Yeah, so right now my local group of guys, I'm actually the uh, Pokemon tournament organizer for our local store up here, Odyssey Games, shout out. Awesome. Um, but uh, our local guys here have been enjoying this dragon challenge that um, uh, Omnipoke played in and posted some videos for on YouTube. Uh, it was this tournament sponsored by Dragon Shield where you could only play uh, two ofs, max copies, no Vs, GXs. I think it was like Sun and Moon through Sword and Shield era. Um, we've been playing that in person at our store, um, and it's been just a ton of fun. Oh, that's really cool. So Omnipoke yeah. would be the place to check that out. I know. I think the Professor's Cup does something similar, where you can only play like non-ultra rare cards. I don't know, but yeah, that's that sounds really sick. So you got you got some Reddit uh, alternate formats. The Alola Cup. The person we're gonna go to find that is Stefan Ivanov, and then we got Omnipoke and his Dragon Shield format which dragon shield great sleeves shout out but uh ethan thank you so much for coming on appreciate you being here and uh have a good one my guy yeah thanks guys yeah thanks man see ya see ya see ya all right so that's gonna be another successful episode of the pdcg hotline to what i can tell there were no audio issues that is a first i'm not gonna clap because i don't want to ruin that but uh I'm, i'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one an excellent episode. Joao, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to go ahead and let you have the floor to shout out any of your social medias or stuff that you got going on. Go ahead and tell us about it. Uh, thank you guys who had me on. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's John Medeiros at TCG. So that's it. It was very fun too. All right. So 
Follow yeah. Joao's Twitter. It is on the screen if you want to go ahead and do that. An excellent player from the South America, Latin America region, uh, however you want to decipher that. Henry, go ahead and close it out for us. Um, yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Uh, unfortunately, Joao's camera stopped working at the end. Uh, he just put on a Blacephalon <laughs> costume. So, unfortunately, you guys won't be able to see that. Um, it's, you know, I don't know. He just loves Blacephalon. What can I say? He's a big fan. Uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. It was fun having Joao on. Thank you, Joao. Thanks, Will, as always. We'll catch you next time in the hotline. Thank you guys so much for being here. Next week, we got a crazy cool guest that's going to be coming on, assuming he can make it. Uh, it should be confirmed, but I'm super excited to announce that one on Twitter at some point. So if you're not following me and Henry, go ahead and follow the ats under our little names here. And uh, you're going to be you're going to want to stay tuned for that one.
So thank you guys so much for being here, and we'll see you all on the next episode of The Hotline.